Welcome to the Presentation Boss Podcast. I'm Kate Norris. I'm Thomas Craft. And we're here to help you plan, design, and deliver your best presentation. Hi there, and welcome to episode 94 of the show, bosses. Today, it is Kate and I having a little bit of a discussion, and we will be busting five of the biggest myths we come across when it comes to public speaking and presentations. Yeah, so some of these are kind of classic advice that we hear. Some of them are things that people say to us and believe that they need to kind of stay within, and we don't necessarily agree with them. So we're going to be talking about that. Yeah, let's do it. Okay, Kate, why don't you kick us off? What's the first myth you want to bust? Number one, rehearse in front of a mirror. Now, if you've listened to us at all, we often do bang on about practice and we're huge advocates of practice, practice, practice. It is the number one thing that is going to improve your speaking. However, we don't encourage people to rehearse in front of a mirror or practice in front of a mirror. And there's a couple of reasons for that. And the first is when you're rehearsing in front of yourself, the feedback that you get is a little bit warped and you try and correct things in real time. So it's very difficult to get a smooth run through a presentation because you're kind of continually trying to self-correct. So instead of doing that, if you want to see yourself, film yourself, put yourself on camera so that you can actually see yourself not in real time and you can make some critiques and actually look at what you're doing. But in a mirror just isn't going to give you that same feedback. It's totally different to actually being on, on film. It seems a little bit strange to me because it doesn't matter how many people you speak to or how often you speak, the one person you'll never present in front of is yourself. Um, I think when you're speaking, you should be looking at the reactions and the interaction of your audience rather than sort of looking at yourself. So yeah, absolutely, film yourself. And one of the important things is how you watch that presentation back. So not immediately, like right after you've done it and you're ready to super criticize yourself, but often wait a while, like two or three days, and then watch it back. So the recommendation we always give is watch it back three times. The first time you watch it with the sound off, just watch yourself. You'll be able to see the things that you do. Second time is watch it with the video off and just listen to yourself or like put your phone face down. Just listen to what you're saying. And the third time you watch it with both and you see how what you see and how you sound synchronizes together. And that gives you a really good, honest, possibly confronting uh, view of how it is you present without, like you say, that real-time self-correction. Yeah. There's definitely some things that a mirror is helpful for. For example, if you want to look at your facial gestures, you know, if you are wondering how your face looks, um, for example, I know that I need to kind of hold a smile a little bit because my completely relaxed face is that classic, what do they call it, bitchy resting face. I kind of need to just be careful that my relaxed face is not coming across aggressive. So a mirror can be good for those sort of specific things, but for kind of general rehearsing in front of, no, use a video camera instead. Right, myth number two. Can you guess what it's going to be on, Kate? Probably PowerPoint. Yes, it is. And it is the myth that you should only use 20 words per slide. This arbitrary limit that you should only have a certain number of words per PowerPoint slide. Often this is also combined with you should use less slides per presentation or presentations should strive to use no slides at all. Or they have limits, like you can only use 10 slides for this 10 minutes or yeah. whatever. <laughs> yeah, those sort of limits in whatever shape or form they come in. It's not going to surprise any frequent listener that I'm a big advocate for. If it's going to help your presentation, use slides. Use a PowerPoint as long as it's adding to your presentation. 
The reason often that these limits come up is we have all seen so many slide decks that have a huge amount of words on a huge number of slides and it is a click and read fest. When in reality, slides that have been carefully and mindfully put together to be visual and hold up the context of your presentation and really add to the audience's comprehension of your key message, then absolutely that's what you should be doing. I don't think it makes sense to take a particular tool that is available to us and make an arbitrary decision that you're not going to use it based on very little. <laughs> Actually, I forgot to tell you this, but um, so school's back in Australia in the last week or so, and I went this week to a parent information morning where they basically tell you, you know, what's happening throughout the year and all of that. And the teachers give a PowerPoint presentation. It's pretty standard. They give the same one every year on what's happening in the school. And the teacher said, we tried to make it shorter this year with less slides. They have literally decreased the font size and just put it into less slides. The same information is there. So sort of 20 dot points per slide, it's now just 25 dot points per slide exactly. and, and less I, clicks. Yes. Um, and I went back to last year's because I still have it in my email and I went back and I found it and I am absolutely <laughs> correct it is the same information with a smaller font size and it was a bit painful and it didn't feel any shorter can you imagine if it just went the other way which is oh we tried to reduce the amount of words per slide so just increase the font size and just end up with more slides like neither of those fix the problem right no true and I guess the same thing happened that we see over and over one of the slides, for example, is like getting to know you and you get to know the teacher and they give you just like five or six sentences about them and they put it up and they read it off their PowerPoint. It's about you. Yeah. Just tell me. That doesn't require words up on a screen. It was just interesting. I literally saw that mistake this week. And I think most people don't realize it's a mistake and it's commonly made because it's just not taught universally in any way about what a PowerPoint should achieve, what to put on it, what not to put on it, how to use it. And we just know you need to think very carefully about your presentation and what needs to be displayed along with what you say. Yeah. And honestly, if I'd said to the teacher, hey, do you realize you probably don't need that on the PowerPoint? You can just tell us about you. Chances are she's probably just never thought about it, mm. but I'm not going to because I'm not that sort of person. So that's a myth and a guideline I hear all the time, which is try to use less slides or no slides or limit the amount of words per slide. I think those rules are put in place with good faith. However, we find they backfire more often than not. Yeah. Be mindful and thoughtful about the content that goes onto your slides. Myth number three, be authentic. This is another one that's definitely there with good intention because we're so much about authenticity these days. You hear that advice, just be yourself up there. Mm, but I want to give an example of, you know, if I've had a massive week at work and then I've got a presentation on Friday morning and then I just had a terrible morning, you know, the toaster broke, spilled my coffee down my shirt, you know, all the normal the things. To the toddler was up all night. <laughs> yeah. All the normal things that can happen to just make your morning a bit terrible. And then I get to my presentation and I get up there and I'm just in a foul mood and that comes across and I whinge about my morning and how awful everything is. And then I go and pitch myself. What do you think the audience is going to think about me? Because that at that time is my authentic self. Alternatively, you have a really bad morning and you kind of compartmentalize that and you're like, you know what? I just need to get this through this presentation. I need to smile. I need to be professional and you do it and you do it well. That is still 
your authentic self. It's not necessarily exactly what you're feeling, but everybody, you know, has multiple personas. I don't believe that anybody has one authentic self. I think we've got many characters that we play throughout the day, throughout our lives. Everyone has bad days. Absolutely. And when I'm speaking, I want that authentic self to be professional, to be articulate, to be controlled. And I don't think that we need to always show exactly what we're feeling because that's just not realistic. That's not how life works. I often see this advice as an excuse to not prepare. So it's absolutely get up there and just wing it. Just be yourself. Just be authentic. And it's the exact same thing because when you don't prepare, you don't look articulate. You um and are a lot. You get lost in your own thoughts and content. And I put it to you that that's not your authentic self. It is not how you think about the topic. It is not presenting your best self. And I'm sure that you do have a best self that is still you that you would like others to see, especially when pitching yourself and your ideas. This idea of just be authentic as an excuse is... It's toxic. It's just... Exactly. It's just terrible and toxic. Being authentic in a well-prepared and crafted presentation, totally possible. I see it all the time. Oh, for sure. And we know that the people who get paid to speak, you've got stand-up comedians, you've got professional speakers. Most of the people we've had on this podcast... Absolutely. (laughs) ...are all paid to speak. They are all prepared. They are all still their authentic self, but they are prepared and professional, articulate, all the things that I said before. And I hate this idea that authentic is different to being prepared. Myth number four. Imagine your audience naked. It's so unbelievably cringeworthy. Every time I hear it, I want to like gouge out my own eyes in protest. Where did this advice come from? It has been around forever. Everybody's heard it. Is it a myth? Is it something that was like a joke? That just took off? I I want to believe that somebody made it as a joke and it stuck around as like a meme, as like, here's some speaking advice for you, it's clearly terrible. But I've heard it given legitimately. Let's pretend it's serious advice. Let's pretend it's been given to you in a serious manner. I think it is rooted in this idea that when you're speaking in front of an audience, that can be quite intimidating. So let's make those people quite literally nude in front of us. I think it's at their most vulnerable. Yeah, let's dissolve them down into something that is at least intimidating. And if you had an audience that was sitting there naked, they're probably exposing a bit more than you are being vulnerable on stage. That's it. I think that's it. Being on stage feels vulnerable, so you're making them feel vulnerable as well. That's that's where it's from. So let's put aside the sort of pervy nature of imagining (laughs) strangers, colleagues, friends, family naked, which I don't think that's okay. I know, when you're giving a speech at Grandad's 80th birthday and you've got all oh, his no. mates there. <laughs> but even just, like, imagining co-workers naked. Like, I'm pretty sure we do seminars every year against that sort of thing. Mm. I don't know what benefit it could possibly have other than distracting you unbelievably from what it is that you're there to do, which is to share a message, your information, with the audience and do that via speaking. That's what you should be thinking about, taking this message and putting it in the mind of your audience, not what they look like. I don't don't know. It's terrible advice. I just, I hope it's a meme. I hope people say it in jest with their tongue in their cheek, but I have heard it given seriously. Instead of picturing your audience naked, just remember your audience is there for your message. They are there asking the question, what can I get from this person? And that's what you're there to do. You're there to share a gift. You're there to share a message. And you're there to give your audience something. They don't want to see you fail. They're not going to judge you. 
They just want to hear what you have to say and get back to their lives. Clothed. (laughs) Myth number five. One day you will not feel nervous. And this is actually something that I believed for a long time. I thought that the more I did speaking, the more that I got up in front of people, I would eventually just not be nervous anymore. It wouldn't scare me anymore. But it still does. And I've come to learn and to realize is that you don't stop being nervous. You just learn to be better. You just learn to deal with it. And we hear the same thing again from all the guests we've had on this show. Professional speakers still feel nervous. Yeah. So what's the alternative then? And I actually really love this advice. It's something that I just gave to my daughter just this week again, is that nerves come from and feel the exact same as excited. And you can trick your brain into believing that you are excited simply by saying, I am excited about this. It is a recognized psychological trick that you can do to yourself. And even if you know that you are doing that to yourself, it still works. So that same feeling that you have when you feel nervous, you say to yourself, I'm excited for this. I'm excited to share my message. I think if you're really new to speaking and you have that debilitating nervousness, which which is common early on, then yes, that is something that with a little bit of practice, you will get used to and realize that audiences are on your side and it's actually not as bad as you're potentially making it out to be. But likewise, I still get a bit nervous, a bit anxious before I speak. And that's always a good thing. I think it's a good thing to be slightly nervous because it shows that you care. It adds a little bit of adrenaline, a little bit of passion to your presenting. I think I would be concerned if before somebody spoke, they said, I feel no nervousness at all. I would be slightly concerned because I'd ask the question, do you actually have passion for this topic? Do you care that the message lands in the mind of the audience? You know, Is there any stakes in this for you or are you just talking at people? Yeah, for sure. But it really is as simple as changing your mindset from nervous to excited and realizing that the nerves will probably always be there. You just get better at dealing with them. So there it is, bosses. There are the five myths that we feel the need to debunk on this podcast. And that is to rehearse in front of a mirror using less slides or a limit of words per slide, being authentic and just winging it, Number four, which makes me laugh every time I read it, imagine the audience naked. And number five, that one day nervousness will just cease to be and go away. Yeah, so they are the five things that we do talk about constantly to people and let them know that there might be a better way. And now we've shared it with you as well. That's it for episode 94 of the Presentation Boss podcast. Thank you so much for listening. We will be back in your ears next week. Thanks for listening to today's show. Head to presentationboss.com.au slash podcast where you'll find the show notes for this episode, all other episodes and other free resources. If you have any other topics you'd like us to discuss, email us at podcast at presentationboss.com.au. We're always happy to hear your suggestions for future episodes. Most importantly, we rely on you to share the information in this podcast. If you found value in today's episode, please recommend us to a friend or we'd love for you to give us a review on iTunes. It helps more people find us. Have a great week. The other one was easier to mouth, if I'm honest. It was.